All right, well, as you guys are filing your seats, I just wanted to take a minute and introduce myself to you. My name is Zach Brown. I'm one of the pastors here at X Church. It's so good to be with you guys today. I hope you are doing well. It's a beautiful, uh, sunny Sunday morning here. It's June. I can't believe the calendar is finally June. I'm excited for summer. I hope you guys are excited for summer as well. I just want to take a minute and welcome our Lancaster Campus Church. Can we welcome our Lancaster Campus who's watching us live right now? Uh, awesome. Pastor Russ and his staff do an incredible job. And then, of course, all of you watching online, uh, maybe it is uh, you're on vacation and you're tuning in online. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, this is what I want to say, though. If you're watching online uh, and you're local and you're able to make it to one of our campuses, like I want to invite you. Come check it out live and in person. There's nothing like worshiping together in God's house, all of us together. So if you're watching online, you can make it to a campus. I'd encourage you to uh, come make it to one of our experiences. We'd love to have you. And then, of course, I'd also like to give a quick shout out. Can we make some noise for the Lithopolis campus staff? Uh, Jackie, Janice, Judah, Raina, Melissa, they do an incredible job. Let's make some noise for them as well. They work so hard behind the scenes uh, just to make this thing happen every single week. Uh, and it's my joy and pleasure to get to lead uh, those people and lead that team. And it's a lot of fun working with them and having uh, a chance to kind of get to know them. So if you're new or you're joining us uh, in the middle of our series, uh, if you're new or maybe this is your first week, I just want to say you're joining us in the middle of this series. It's called Thy Kingdom Come. It's a series on prayer. And I think it's, it's a really powerful thing to talk about, this thing called prayer. Like Pastor Tim said last week, prayer is one of those things that we just know as Christians, it's like, yes, I'm supposed to pray. Like, it's our homework. Like, we got to read God's word and we have to, what, pray. Like, that's what we do. We, we read God's word and we pray. And so, uh, but let's just get real and let's get honest that prayer can be awkward sometimes. Like, it's weird and like, I don't know how to do it and what do I say? And well, gosh, I cannot pray as good as a pastor. Like, that, that, like that's hard. I can't do that. And so I thought that Pastor Tim did a really good job last week kind of unpacking uh, that the heart of prayer isn't about taking our problems to God, but it's about experiencing the presence of God. It's about experiencing the presence of God. You know, we have a Father, a Savior, a Creator who loves us, who wants to have a relationship with us. And when we pray, we're connected to that God. And it really is a, a special thing. And if you're like me, maybe you left the message last week and you were fired up and you were ready to go and you were excited. And it's like, oh gosh, like, like I'm going to pray, like I'm going to create a pattern and a rhythm for prayer in my life. And so you left and it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Of course, uh, you're, we're not going to do it on Monday because last Monday was a holiday and we never start new habits or patterns or rhythms on holidays and weekends. It's like, no, we don't do that. Like when you start a diet, it's like, I'm going to wait till the end of the weekend and then I'm going to start my diet, right? So we're like, okay, we're going to start my prayer life and my prayer uh, habit on Tuesday. So Tuesday comes, right? And you guys get up and you're dressed and you're ready for work. And it's like, you get up a little early and you, you, you're rubbing the sleep out of your eyes. And it's like, okay, you got your coffee and I'm, and I'm going to pray. And you open up your Bible and you read and, and, and you get ready to start praying and you, and you go to pray. And it's like, nothing comes out. It's like, okay, well, let's go to the other side of the table. So like you walk to the other side of the table and like you sit down and it's like, okay, maybe it'll work. And it's like, do I open my eyes? Do I close my hands? Like, what do I do? Like, how do I pray? And so you go to pray and it's like, it's like, and you swear your kids are watching you. It's like, somebody is watching me right now and it's so awkward and you can't do it. So then you're like, oh, look at the time, time to go. Like, I guess I have to go to work and I couldn't pray today. Like, oh gosh, darn it. And so you go to work and then lunchtime comes around and it's like, you feel guilty because you promised God that you would start praying. So it's like, okay, I'm going to pray tomorrow morning. Like, I, that's when I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray tomorrow morning. So Wednesday morning rolls around and it's like, you do the same thing. You go to pray and it's like, 
nothing comes out. And it's like, you know what, I, I just, I don't know if I can do this. And then the Thursday comes by, Friday comes by, and it's like, oh, it's the weekend. Like, we can't start anything new on a weekend. So all of a sudden, you find yourself here, and you realize uh, that prayer is a struggle. In fact, I'll say it this way. Uh, oftentimes, like, we would say, like, I want to pray, but I just don't know the way. Like, I want to pray, but I don't know the way. And if you're here today and you feel that way, like, I just want you to know that you're not alone. Like, you are not alone uh, in that feeling. If we were to do a quick audience poll, I would say that probably a majority of us would feel that way, that when it comes to prayer, it can be awkward and weird, and it's a struggle. Did you know that the disciples themselves struggled with that as well? They struggle with that as well. So if you have your Bibles or an electronic device, uh, I would encourage you to open them up. We're going to dive into our text today. Uh, to Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 9 through 13. The words are going to be on the screen behind me. And as you guys are turning there, I kind of want to set the scene a little bit. So we come in the middle of Jesus's ministry. And at this time, the disciples have been following Jesus for some time. They've been following him. They've watched him do these miracles. They've watched him kind of uh, turn water into wine. They've watched him walk on water. They've watched him uh, preach all these sermons. See people come and their lives be changed. He's healed people, done these incredible things. But they noticed Jesus would do this weird thing. Like he would wake up early in the morning and he would like go off to the side, or maybe it was late at night, like after he had done preaching for the day, and he would, he would just start talking to God. Like he would start talking to God. And the disciples thought this was weird. See, if you understand first century Judaism, like the Jews, like they didn't talk to God. They would go to a temple and they would pay a priest and they would say, hey, like, will you sacrifice this thing for me? And then uh, I want to ask God this. And then I'd wait for, for God to respond to the priest and the priest would come and tell them. So it was, it was weird and awkward for the Jews to see Jesus go do this. And so weird and so awkward, in fact, that they went up to him and they're like, hey, Jesus, like, can, can you teach us how to do this? Like, can you, can you teach us how to pray? Like, we, we want to learn how to do that. We want to learn to do what you do. We want to talk to God also. And so as the scene starts here, as we kind of fade into the scene, uh, we catch Jesus in the middle of his response to the disciples. And if you want to follow along, you can follow along on the screen behind me. And this is what Jesus says. He looks at the disciples and says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, I feel like we can learn something from Jesus today, uh, even now in the 21st century. Uh, in the same way that Jesus was teaching his disciples, uh, we can learn from Jesus as well. And so what I want to do is I want to give you today uh, a pattern for prayer, uh, a place for you to start. In fact, I've titled my message, A Pattern for Prayer. And this is a place where you can start. When you sit down and you begin to pray, you can use this pattern to begin to help you uh, pray. So I'm excited uh, to teach you. Are you guys excited? Are you ready to go? You want to learn about this pattern for prayer? you guys excited today? Woo! All right, I'm, I'm trusting that you're with me. I'm trusting that you're following with me along. So the first thing, Lancaster, make sure you're following along too. Uh, we want to begin with praise. Begin with praise. In fact, the Lord's Prayer starts, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So have you ever been at like, like this Christmas work party or, you know, doing Christmas with your family or, or maybe at some birthday party or something like that and, and everyone's all together. Someone basically is buying you something or providing like a gift or a present or a meal for you and, and it's, like, like I said, a work function or a family function or something like that. And inevitably at those things, there's always one person who like pipes up right away, like kind of at the end of the event and the end of everything. It's like, 
Man, hey, thank you for this. Like, like, hey, thank you. Like, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Confession. Like, I'm never that first person who does that. Like, I'm never that. In fact, in my family, it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, uh, my oldest sister, she's the one who always pipes up and says, thank you first. And, uh, and I'm always like, dang it, you beat me again. Like, this time I'm going to remember it. And I think that, like, Jesus kind of knew that we're just naturally hardwired. I think that we're not very thankful people. Like, we're just not very thankful people. In fact, we try to, like, create a whole holiday for it, like Thanksgiving. We try to create a holiday where it's like we stop and be thankful. But really, Thanksgiving has just turned into, like, the unofficial start for Christmas. It's like we even forget that we weren't supposed to give thanks on Thanksgiving. It's like we're just going to jump right into Christmas movies and, and do all that stuff. And, and I think this is the truth that, that I'm trying to say here is that sometimes it's tough to remember the things that God has done for us. It's tough to remember the things that God has done for us. And so I think what Jesus is doing here as he's giving these disciples this prayer pattern is what he's showing them is that when you begin with praise, when you start to pray, it begins to shift your mindset. It begins to uh, focus you on the things that you need to focus on. Because here's what I know. Like God has already provided for us. He's already carried us to this point. He's already brought us to this point. Why would he just drop us? And here's what I know, like, sometimes we get so focused and we're so worried about tomorrow and what's to come and, and this stressor or this problem or this job thing or this thing, and we forget that Jesus has already answered so many prayers in our life. Why would he not carry us again forward? Starting with praise reminds us that not only does God care for us, but he's not done with us. Like, he's not done with us yet. And I think it just begins to get us in the right frame of mind when it starts with prayer. So, number one, we want to begin with praise. The next thing we want to do is we want to ask for God's plan. We want to ask for God's plan. In fact, Jesus says it this way. He says, your, what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's interesting to me that, like, even when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying and he was uh, getting ready to be crucified, you know, he's crying out to his Father in heaven, and, and he's like, hey, if there's any other way for me to, like, save the world or do this, like, can we do it that way instead? But nevertheless, he says, not my will be done, but, but your will be done. And he's talking to his Father in heaven. He's talking about asking for God's will for your life. I want to tell you a story about how, like, there was a time in my life where I prayed, like, a very specific like this very specific prayer, and, and God answered it. It's actually the story of how I came to work at this church. So it was the spring of 2016. It was the spring of 2016, and I was working as a full-time youth pastor in Utica, Ohio. And uh, no one's ever heard of Utica except for Velvet Ice Cream. Everyone knows Velvet Ice Cream. We can do that. Yes, we got some people back there who know Velvet Ice Cream. It's awesome. And uh, I felt like God was calling me uh, forward. God was calling me onward. And so I began looking for some other jobs. And being from Kenai Winchester, being from this area, I, I knew of our church, and I, I heard about it. And so I checked online, and conveniently enough, it's like, oh, there's a job opening. So it's like, I'm going to apply for the job opening. It was actually the group's director job here in Lithopolis. And so, you know, I, I start preparing and getting ready. Like, you know, I made sure that I was looking good and shaved and my teeth were brushed and all these interviews. I read like six groups on like, or six books on like groups ministry. I was like ready to go. I was prepared. And we, we started going through the interview process. And I thought like, I'll be honest, like, I thought I was nailing it. Like, I was like, they want me, I'm young, I'm hip, I'm cool, like, I fit the profile, like, this is going to be awesome, and this is going to be great. Uh, and it, it gets down to me and one other person, and, you know, like I said, I thought for sure I was going to get it, and then I realized that uh, I have a little bit of a problem, and maybe you can relate with me in this way, like, like, 
I realized that I was starting to put all of my proverbial eggs in the basket, like the eggs of like, okay, I, I want this job, and if I don't get this job, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I started to realize that, and so I started to pray this prayer. I was like, God, like, like I know that I really want this job, but if it's not your will, like, I, I want your will for me and my life and for my family and for this job. So, Lord, would, would you do your will and not my will when it comes to this job? But, Lord, I really want your will to be that I get the job. <laughs> that's how we pray, right? Like, that's, that's how we do it. And so... Uh, I just remember praying that specific prayer just desperately. And so the time comes, we're done with all the interviews, and I get a phone call, and I pick it up, and I answer, and I'm talking, and I'm like, we're just kind of chit-chatting back and forth. And I'm like, hey, this is good, this is good. And they're like, it finally comes to it, and it's like, Zach, hey, man, we love you. And I'm like, but. <laughs> and they're like, but we're going in a different direction. And I was like, I was, I was devastated. It was, it was heartbreaking. I remember that night, like, going to the church that I thought was not going to be my church anymore, and I was in the auditorium, and I was just crying out to God, and I was just saying, like, God, like, what happened? Like, I thought this was going to be it. But I really believe that that prayer that I had started praying a couple weeks before the end of that job interview process, like, for God's will in my life to be done, it, it began to do something in me, and I found myself, like, moving on much quicker from that no than what I thought I was going to move on from. And I began to get excited. And you see what God was doing is uh, during the time that I was going through my interview process, uh, Pastor Tim was in the middle of his Build a House series where he brought his vision of Gender Road campus uh, to our church. By the way, have you guys been by Gender Road? Uh, you guys see the steel going up? It's, it's pretty cool, right? Woo! Yes. Um, and so that was the series that was going on, and, and I just fell in love with the heart and the mission and the vision of this place, and, and I wanted to be involved, and I remember the next morning after I woke up after that no phone call, I looked at my wife, and I just said, hey, like, I want to be a part of this church, and this is where I want to go to church, and this is where I want to go, so we packed up our family, and uh, my wife was pregnant with our uh, first daughter at the time, and we moved to Columbus. She got a job in Columbus. I got a job working in the corporate world, and little did we know that just four months later, there would be an opportunity for me to, to step into a full-time role working with students uh, here at our church just four months later, and then little did we know that uh, a year and a half, uh, two years later, like there was going to be an opportunity where I'm going to have a chance to, to be the campus pastor here at this campus and, and lead us as we go into the, the new building and into the future and this is where I grew up, and this is my hometown. And what I guess I'm trying to say is I begin to realize that, that God's plan for my life was so much better than my plan for my life. Like, God's plan for my life was so much better than my plan for my life. And when we're praying this prayer, we're asking for God's will. Like, that's what we're asking for. We're asking, like, like God, would, would you work your plan in my life? And that's a, that's a scary prayer because sometimes God's plan might not be your plan, but I know this truth, that God's plan is better than my plan for my life, and I want God's plan for my life. Amen, church? Amen. Okay, so the next thing on our list here is we want to ask for provision. We want to ask for provision. Jesus says it this way as he's praying the Lord's Prayer. He says, uh, give us this day our daily bread, right? How many of you like bread? Raise your hand if you like bread. How many of you pick a restaurant based on the bread that they serve? Okay, audience poll here. Lancaster, make sure you participate as well. How many of you like Olive Garden breadsticks? Raise your hand if you like Olive Garden breadsticks. Okay, that's a majority of us here. How many of you say you would like O'Charlie's Rolls? Raise your hand if you like O'Charlie's Rolls. Uh, good, good amount of people too. Okay, wild card, wild card. How many of you like Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits? You love the Cheddar Bay. Man, everybody raise their hand on the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. 
Oh, man. You know, I personally, I love, I love Olive Garden breadsticks. Like, that's, that's my favorite. And I think it's so good. And, like, this is how it works, right? Like, you go to a restaurant, and you're going to order uh, some food, and, and the waiter comes, and, like, they, they come, and they ask you for your drink. And it's like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll get a water because, you know, water makes it better when you're eating all the bread. And so I'll get the water. And uh, before the, the waiter walks away, it's like, come here. Come here. And it's like, hey, man, like, can I get some extra bread? It's like the one that they bring you is not enough. It's like, I want extra bread, right? How many of you want extra bread whenever they come? It's like, I give me the extra bread up front. Like, I want that. And what's funny is, uh, you know, I think what I realize is that we live in a culture and a society where we just, we want extra. Like, we, we just want more. You see, I'm talking about bread, but, but really, I think this is true in a lot of areas of our life. Like, we want extra. Like, we want more. We want upgrades. We want more than enough. We want, and especially I think in America, like this is something that, that we deal with and that uh, we have to, to walk through this process with. You know, as the calendar flipped to 2019, I realized that I had a lot of extra in my life. By extra, I mean a lot of extra weight in my life. And so I started this process of uh, working out. And so I would work out three, four days a week. I started this really strict diet, like I was doing this keto diet, which, uh, how many of you know the keto diet? Like on the keto diet, it's like, you don't eat bread. It's like, bread is not good, like carbs and sugar, like you don't mix well with the keto diet at all. And so I started this process, and so now six months in, uh, it's June, I've lost 80 pounds, like through this process. Um, Thank you. It's been hard because I love restaurant bread, and I just, I want more of it. Uh, but let me ask this question. Let me ask this question. Like, why do you think Jesus says we need to ask for daily bread? Like, why would we not ask for daily bread, but then also tomorrow's bread and, and 10 years down the road bread and 40 years down the road bread? And I think the answer is this. Like, like what if God only wants us to ask for the daily provision of bread? Because he wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him with the rest. When the Israelites were walking through uh, the wilderness, they were walking through the wilderness, and God would provide manna for them. And he said, hey, you only need to pick up manna just for that day. And when any Israelite would try to collect more manna, and they would try to collect more than what they needed, in fact, it would spoil and kind of go rotten overnight, and uh, it wouldn't be good. And I think what... The, the truth behind this prayer and the truth of what I'm trying to tell you today is that when we begin to pray just for what we need, uh, it begins to clear our minds and we begin to only focus on what we need. So here's what I know. We spend so much time worrying about tomorrow. We spend so much time worrying about what's to come, and we don't stop and focus on what has already been provided for us. And so what would it look like if we began to, instead of uh, stressing and worrying about what God's going to do tomorrow and what he's going to provide tomorrow, you would just focus on what he already has provided for you. What would your relationships with your kids and with your spouse and with your family look like if you spent less time worrying about tomorrow and more time engaging with them in the here and the now? It, it would change things. It would change who you are. So the prayer for, for provision is a powerful one. The next one that I want to talk about in this pattern for prayer is we want to ask for a pardon. Ask for pardon. In fact, Jesus says it this way. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Or this is actually the way that I think most humans read it. Uh, We say, forgive us our debts. Really loud. We scream it really loud. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. 
we don't like that last part. Like, we don't like that part at all. I've got two little girls, uh, Charlie, Charlie Brown. Yes, we did that to her, but she's super cute, and we love her. And she's two, almost three years old. She'll be three in August. And then we've got Lily. Lily is a year and a half old, uh, and she's a redhead, and she's the second-born child. So uh, please pray for us. She's got, like, all of that spitfire and, and all of that, that redhead child thing, and she's super cute, but we love her as well. But they're both, like, barreling into, like, toddlerdom and the terrible twos and, and all that stuff. And so uh, what happens is on Fridays, uh, I actually have the day off, and so I'm home with the kids, and my wife's a teacher, so she's been teaching. And so that's my day to kind of connect with my girls and spend time with them, and I love them, and it's a lot of fun. But it's kind of like, hey, mom's away, so the kids will play, like that kind of deal. So we, like, trash the place. Uh, it's a lot of fun in the mornings. We just kind of have a lot of fun, get all the toys everywhere, and then we'll do lunch, and then it's time for nap. And so it's time for nap, and I look at Charlie, and I'm like, okay, Charlie, like, try to be a good father, a good, good dad. And I'm like, look, clean up your toys, kid. Like, that's what you, you do, like, clean up your toys. So I tell Charlie to go clean up the toys. And the other day, I was telling her this, and she looked at me, and she just kind of like, like, it's like she didn't understand me. I don't, I don't get it. Like, every other time, like, when you talk to me, like, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, and then she just kind of started playing with her toys and did all this stuff. And so I looked at her, and my, I kind of raised my voice a little bit, just trying to get my point across. If you're a parent, you know, and it's like, Charlie, like, no, really, like, you got to go clean up your toys. Like, you have to go clean up your toys. And she kind of, like, I kid you not, she looked at me, and she was like, yeah. <laughs> and she, like, ran to the other room, like, ran to the other room. And at that point, like, when you're a parent, it's like, if you're a parent, you know, like, the hairs on your arms start to raise up a little bit. It's like, oh, no, you did it, girl. Like, come on now. Like, and so, you know, I go into the other room, and, like, you know, I'm starting to get, you know, a little fired up, a little heated, right? And I go in the other room, and the, the dad voice comes on. Uh, the dad voice is like, you know, Charlie Brown, you need to clean up your toys right now. And I kid you not, the other day, she, for the first time she, she did this, she looked at me and she went, no. I was like, excuse me? She goes, no. And I was like, mm-mm, girl, like, that's not how it works. Like, that's not how you do it. And so, of course, this is what happens on all, all of us dads. We understand this. Like, I drew myself up to, like, my full, like, six-foot-three, like, football player frame. And it's like you get real big and loud. And, like, you're looking at it. And it's like, Charlie Ann Brown, you do not tell your dad no. You will go pick up your toys right now. And you're just giving it to her, like, this little two-and-a-half-year-old girl. And what's funny is in this process, she looks at you first with this look of defiance. And then as you're, like, standing over her, yelling at her, it, like, turns to like a look of like sheer agony and terror as she realizes that her dad is yelling at her and she starts to cry and then of course as a parent it's like that moment's like oh like it's like dang it I went too far so of course like what do you do like you get down on your knee and it's like oh Charlie like it's okay like come here like daddy loves you like will you forgive daddy like please forgive me but you really need to clean up your toys but like but like forgive me and so uh, it's just it's just the way it works, but then I realized this some this truth Our kids are the most forgiving people in the world are they not? As parents we mess up all the time and, and my children are always willing to forgive me and always willing to assume the best in me 
And here's the reality. We love it when people forgive us. We just don't love forgiving others. We just don't love forgiving others. I think Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, that you need to have faith like a child. And so when I look at our children and I see the example that my daughter sets for me, I begin to ask myself, now what will it look like if I begin to forgive the people around me? This isn't a message on forgiveness. We, we could preach a whole sermon series on, on forgiveness, but, but I'm telling you that when you don't forgive others, the Bible says that there's this root of bitterness that just takes a hold of your heart and just begins to fester and begins to grow. And what happens is, and this is what I know because I've been around enough life to know this, that whenever you don't forgive someone, what happens is, is there starts to be a grudge that starts to be born between you and somebody else. You start to put up walls between you and other people. And it's like, I don't want to interact with that person. That person's hurt me. That person's uh, upset me. But Zach... You don't understand. My ex was terrible. My spouse drives me nuts. Look, if you understood my boss, like you would, you would understand this. I get it. I get it. Like that's why the prayer is so powerful. You don't, you think Jesus understood forgiveness? Like Jesus came and paid the cross, uh, the paid the price of, of of dying on the cross for us, for, so our sins could be forgiven. So why do we not turn to the one who is the maker of heaven and earth and ask for his strength when it comes to forgive people? And this is what I know. Whenever we don't forgive others, what we end up doing is putting walls between ourselves and others. And then all of a sudden, you look around and it's like you're by yourself. And it's when you're by yourself that you really need the last prayer, which is asking for protection. The last prayer in our pattern here, asking for protection. Jesus says it this way, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Did you know that we have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy us? We have a spiritual enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. I grew up and I played football. You guys have heard me talk about uh, my time playing football. And I played football in college, and uh, I was an offensive lineman, and so uh, I played center. And, and it was our job. It was drilled into my brain that, like, our number one job is to, what, protect the quarterback, like that's what we did. Protect the quarterback from an enemy who is coming to steal, kill, and destroy my quarterback, just like the Cleveland Browns are going to come steal, kill, and destroy everyone else in the AFC North this year. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Thank you. Steelers fans, get out of here. I'm looking at you, Alan, with the Steelers fans doing your thing there. And I'm beginning to think about this. I can't to think about this thing. Like, I would spend all this time preparing and getting ready for a football game. Like I would watch film, I'd practice, I'd go to the training room, I, I would eat somewhat healthy, and I, I would do all of these things and, and just to get ready for a game. And at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? Like it's just a game. Like it's just a game. And if we do all that for a game, like how much more do we need to do to prepare ourselves, to protect ourselves against an enemy that the Bible says walks about like a roaring lion seeking to devour and destroy us? How much more should we be seeking and asking for God's protection from that enemy? God, would you protect my kids? God, would you protect my marriage? God, would you protect my relationships? Keep them away from the enemy. This is what I know. Satan wants to do whatever he can to distract and to divide us and to keep us away from our relationship with God. And we need to ask for God's protection. So that's it, right? That's the end. There's our pattern. We want to begin with praise. We want to ask for God's plan. 
ask for provision, ask for pardon, and ask for protection. You got it, right? Like you're a prayer warrior. Like we can just amen, dismissed, and, and you guys are good to go, and, and we're fine. It's not that easy, though. Like, it's not that easy. If it was, then we would all be good at it. So what I want to do is, both here and on Lancaster, I wanted to put uh, just a resource in your hand just, just to help you. And so uh, at both of our locations, at your seat or on your way out of the auditorium today, uh, there is this card. And on this card, there is this pattern that I just got done talking through. And what I want you to do is I want you to take this home and I want you to put it in your Bible. I want you to put it uh, in your car. I want you to put it on your bathroom mirror, wherever it is that you go and you pray. And I want you to use this pattern to help you begin to develop a prayer life with God. Is that all there is to it? No, that, that's not all there is to it. I, I can't in 30 minutes talk through everything that there is to know uh, and, and there, there is to talk about when it comes to prayer. But there is one truth that I want to illustrate to you when it comes to prayer. And this is what I want to close my message with today. I've been married to my wife for almost five years now. And when we first got married, uh, you know, we didn't have any kids and we were just kind of living the life. And we had no idea like what was going to happen down the road whenever kids like came into the picture. And so if you're here and you don't have any kids, like enjoy this time whenever uh, you don't have kids. Kids are a blessing, yes, but we had an incredible time just kind of being together. My wife did this thing that, if I'm being honest, it drove me bonkers. Like, it drove me nuts. And maybe if you're here today and you hear my story, you can relate to either my side or my wife's side. Like, she did this thing that whenever she left and got in the car, she would call me. Like, whenever she left, she would get in the car and she would call me. And so, like, whether she was leaving work or, you know, she was going to the store, like Walmart or something, or she was going to get her haircut or whatever, she would call me. And so this is what happened. Like, we'd have a conversation, and it's like, okay, we're going to, like, talk about, like, what you're getting at the grocery store and what you're doing, whatever. And, you know, because I'm a guy who's just recently married and still haven't gotten all the bachelor life out of me yet you know i want her to leave so i could like watch a football game or like play video games or do whatever and so she would uh leave and i'd start playing my game or watching my show or doing whatever all of a sudden my phone would just start going and i'm like like rebecca i'm like hello and she's like hi She's like, I just want to talk to you. I'm like, we, we, like, we just talked. Like, like, what do you need? Did you forget what you're buying at the grocery store? Like, you need me to tell you the limit again on how much we can afford? Like, like, what do you want? And she's like, I just, I just want to talk to you. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. I just want to talk to you. And what, what's funny is, is uh, over time, as time kind of stretched and. Uh, you know, it got to be six months, seven months, eight months, ten months, a year, I began to realize that something was happening in the midst of that conversation. That during that time when I was talking to my wife, and it's not like we were talking about anything life-shattering, or like it wasn't like that we were, you know, having out these crazy arguments, but just in those moments when we would share about how our day went, our successes, our failures, 
the things we were looking forward to uh, in our workplaces or in our family and the things that we were maybe afraid of or the things that maybe God showed to us that day, whenever we would have those conversations, just those small little conversations, I began to realize that I was growing closer to my wife through that process. And I, I got to a point where I began to realize that like, I actually started looking forward to the phone conversations and I started looking forward to that, that moment when she would call me and now it's like, now it's weird. Like now when she leaves, it's like I pull my phone out and that's like, I'm ready to go. Like, okay, like I'm ready for it. And it's weird if she doesn't call me, it's like, I call her and it's like, is everything okay? Like, like, are you okay? Like, is, are you still alive? Like, I'm like, cause I assume the worst is like she got in the car wreck. Cause there's no way that she wouldn't call me if there wasn't a problem. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is the more that I talked to my wife, the more I wanted to and the, and the closer that I got to her and people if there's anything I want you to take away from my message today, it's this. The more that you pray, the more you'll want to pray. The more that you pray, the more you'll want to pray. What would it look like if you began to prioritize the time to sit and talk to God our creator, the maker of heaven and earth, who, who knew you and you were being formed in your mother's womb, uh, in your mother's womb, and you began to have a conversation with him about your fears, your successes, your failures, the plans that you have for your life. What do you want to do? What would it look like if you begin to set aside a time to have just that conversation? You have this pattern for prayer now, but what would it look like whenever you're done praying for those things? You just begin to pour your heart out to God, and it's like, God, this is who I am, and this is where I'm at. I wonder if maybe God wouldn't begin to respond and he wouldn't begin to show himself to you and begin to reveal himself to you in ways that maybe you, you never knew. Maybe you begin to grow in your relationship with God. Maybe you'll begin to hear God more. Maybe you'll be in to, to hear God's voice more as he begins to, to speak to you about what it looks like to have a relationship with him. Prioritizing a time to pray to God is so important. And the more you pray, the more want to pray. So as we kind of wrap up and close up our time today, I just thought it would be cool if, if maybe um, we all know the Lord's Prayer. Like many of you probably have it memorized. Like you probably said it multiple times growing up. Uh, but I just thought it would be cool if maybe as one church in both locations, both here in the Lancaster and those of you who are watching online, like what would it look like for us to, to say the Lord's Prayer together? But this time, instead of just saying it and it just being words on a screen or just something that we say, like what would it look like for us to begin to pray the Lord's Prayer? And to begin to, to pray this prayer, begin to develop this, this rhythm and this pattern and this habit of prayer in our life. So here, uh, both here in Lithopolis and then in Lancaster, what I want to do is I just want to invite you to stand to your feet right now. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and put the words to the Lord's Prayer on the screens behind us. And in this moment, I just, I just want us to, to focus, just focus in on God and just pray this prayer to him from your heart. So in both of our locations, will you guys pray with me today? So Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us 
from the evil one. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you in prayer today and we pray as one church, Lord, I just thank you for what you have done in our lives. Lord, I look back at the story of our church and I can see your faithfulness in our church and I can see how you have led us and, and, and guided us up to this point. But I can see your faithfulness in my own life and I say thank you for what you have done. I say thank you for the blessings you have poured out on my life. And Lord, I know it's the same for everyone who can hear my voice. We can all look back and we can see the things that God has done in our life and we say thank you for those things. Lord, uh, we ask for your will for us and for this church. Lord, uh, we're at a place where we're taking some steps of faith as a church, Lord, and we're asking that it would be your will that's done uh, in our building project over on Jenner Road, in our Lancaster campus, here in our Lithopolis campus. Lord, I don't know about the people who are here listening to my voice, but I know that there's people who are considering a career change or maybe a job change, or Lord, or maybe it's a move or whatever it is. Lord, I pray that you would reveal your will to us as a church, Lord, and let us hear from you in ways that we've never heard from you before. Lord, I ask for provision for us as a church, Lord. Uh, provide for our daily needs. Lord, allow us to focus on what you have already provided for us today. Help us not to be distracted and worried about the things that maybe we want or the extra things that we want down the road, but just on the things that, that you've already provided and you've already given for us. Give us a peace from the anxiety and a peace from the stress that comes with that, Lord. Lord, we ask for pardon. Lord, would you soften our hearts in this place and in this moment right now? Lord, I'm asking that you begin to do a work in our hearts. Lord, would you tear down walls between us as a church? Lord, what would it look like for us to forgive one another? What would it look like for us to forgive our spouses? What would it look like for us to forgive our coworkers and our family members? Lord, would you do a work in our heart and forgive us of those things? And Lord, we're asking for protection. Lord, I ask for protection for the marriages of this church. Lord, I ask for protection for the children of this church. Lord, would you protect our young ones? Lord, keep us safe as we go to and from work. Lord, keep us safe from our enemy who wants to isolate us, who wants to get us alone, who wants us to distract us from you. Lord, we lift this prayer to you and we ask you for you to do a work in this place and in our hearts right now. Draw us close to you. Help us to feel your presence in this moment and in this place. Lord, I believe that you are here in this moment and your presence demands a response. So church, will you lift your voices together with me and as one church, let's worship God this morning. 